0: Welcome to Life Talk, a series of thought-provoking podcasts specifically developed to thoroughly enrapture, dynamically expand, and potentially enrich your life by challenging your heart. And now, here's Craig. Welcome to part two of being a lamp that's lit. Let's talk about the fear of being lit. Fear. What if? Just what if you could be a lamp that's lit? And what if, in being lit, you could, in reality, change your world? What if, by some wild coincidence, you're a lamp of proportions that you could not have imagined? What if, just what if, God has designed you with potential that, if untapped, can transform your world? What if? Someone once said, The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Do you understand that this statement made by Jesus takes any limits that you have imposed on your life and your thinking and your dreams and effectively erases them? Do you realize that? The impossible, the stuff of sheer imagination, the pieces and parts of the dreams and desires that God plants within us is brought squarely within the realm of the possible. Now, if that's the case, and if that's not just some nice, far fetched, dreamy eyed idea that has absolutely no basis in the real world, if it's really true that the impossible can be brought within the realm of the possible, your life has the potential to go beyond any preconceived boundaries or limitations or barriers. And if we really think about it, that can be terribly exciting, but it can also be terribly frightening. There's a truly bold scripture that I love that's been a huge part of my life in many of my own challenges, and I've had many of them. It's found in Isaiah chapter 45, verses 2 and 3. You don't need to turn there. Just listen to the power of this as I read it. Again, it's Isaiah chapter 45, verses 2 and 3. And it reads, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. Listen to the images here. The word go, as used in this verse in the Hebrew, translates to walk. The word level in the Hebrew translates to be straight or even. The word break in the Hebrew is translated to burst. And the word cut literally means to fell a tree. And so think about this the next time the impossible stands before you. God walks before us. And he takes the mountains that we can't possibly climb. And he levels them to make them straight and even. He bursts through the obstacles that stand in our way. And he cuts down the barriers. That's some pretty aggressive language, but that's what God does. And the reality is that this can be frightening. And so, my question to you is are you a lamp that's lit, or are you too fearful of what being lit might result in? I also think that we fear the possibilities. How could we not fear the possibility of the impossible because of what we can do? If we grab the concept of the impossible being possible, and if we understand just how much God can impact the world through us, we start to realize both the power to change the world around us and the incredible responsibility that comes with that power. And that can be a frightening thing. It can cause us to fear what actually might be possible. Here's what fear does. Fear drives us to stay in comfortable places. Comfortable places keep us captive because they're comfortable. In time, comfort leads to mediocrity. Mediocrity leads to a life of existence. And existence in time leads to death. It's a lamp that never gets lit. Jen Elderidge wrote, Many people find that the dilemma of desire is too much to live with. And so they abandon, they disown their desire. Being a lamp that's lit creates the dilemma that we might actually be a force for change. And being a force for change means that we change. And maybe we'd prefer not to. You know, it's one thing to fear what we can't do. It's an even sadder thing to fear what we can do. And if we fear both what we can and can't do, we will live lives dictated by fear. Sometimes our fear is based in the feeling that maybe God won't show up. Maybe we'll put ourselves out there and believe in the impossible, and God won't be there. And he won't show up. Sometimes things are too marvelous to believe in because we can't visualize how they could possibly happen to us. God promises some things sometimes that seem too big to be realities, so we render them the stuff of nice ideas, or novelties, or things, or wishful thinking that maybe can happen, but certainly not to us. We recognize that we need to believe in things bigger than us, and we need something grand to hold on to, but most often we assume that these things could never become anything other than nice ideas. And so if we step out and actually believe, and if in believing these things they prove to be nothing more than nice ideas, we lose hope, and we damage our view of God, and we're fearful to do that. Jim Cimball is the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, he writes, I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mightily on our behalf. We feared that we might expose God as something less than what we need him to be or what he says he is. And so rather than risk. Finding out that God is something much less than we had hoped, or that he doesn't exist at all, we put him in a position where he doesn't have to show up just in case he doesn't. Blaise Pascal said that we are never living, but hoping to live. How sad. We never live because we are never brave enough to allow our lives to be a lamp that's lit. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, For he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We can be a lamp that is lit. We can seize the impossible as possible. We can take hold of God's provision of power, love, and a sound mind, and we can cast a tremendous light We can illuminate the world around us without fear, knowing that it is God who has designed us as lamps and it is God who has given us the resource to be fully and completely lit. Are you a lamp that is lit? I love this. Dorothy Bernard said that courage is fear that has said its prayers. Susan Jeffers said, feel the fear and do it anyway. Do not let fear keep you from being a lamp that's lit. Now, there's a cost to being a lamp that is not lit. Francis Lapp wrote that even the fear of death is nothing compared to the fear of not having lived authentically and fully. The cost of being a lamp that is not lit of not, of not being that lamp is that we will not have lived authentically and fully. We will have lived a compromised, marginalized life where we were nothing more than some small piece of what we were originally designed and intended to be. Recent research suggests that less than 10% of all people achieve their potential that's because we don't want to incur the cost or take the risk of being a lamp that's lit of being the fullness of everything that god designed us to be we're great at seeing greatness and talent in others we can visualize it for those out there those who have forged some pinnacle that elevates them in our minds but to see ourselves as having within us the inherent greatness that made others great that's a stretch now, that's a far cry for most of us. Marcus Aurelius said, Waste no more time talking about great souls and how they should be. Become one yourself. Jesus Christ said, You are the light of the world. Not someone else, but you. The relationship of ourselves to the world is one where we impose something on the world, not the world imposing something on us. We are designed and equipped to act on everything around us in a manner that the world is changed by the power and weight of our influence as God uses us. We are the power brokers, pushing darkness ever further out as we move outward ourselves. We are not to be challenged by the world, but we challenge it. It's an aggressive posture that rests in the reality of who we are in Christ and not who we've thought ourselves to be. Helen Keller said, No pessimist ever discovered the secret of the stars or sailed an uncharted land or opened a new doorway for the human spirit. It's refusing to be a pessimist. In accepting who we legitimately are, we can accept that we press on the world rather than having it press on us. Daniel Bornstein wrote, The greatest obstacle to discovery is not ignorance. It is the illusion of knowledge. The greatest obstacle is the illusion that sin leaves us with, the illusion of inadequacy or incompetency or inferiority or meaninglessness. We assume this to be knowledge about ourselves and we constrict our lives and kill our dreams and ignore God's call and refuse to be a lamp that is lit because we take deceptions and distortions as li- and lies as fact. And as a result, we never make the remarkable discovery of what God can do with a life that's lit. If we are not a lamp that's lit, we forfeit all of this. That's the cost. If we choose not to be lit, our lives will be about the anemic people that we have chosen to be and nothing of what we could have been. The cost of not being lit is simply not being who and what God intended you to be. The cost of a life not lit is a life compromised in a world diminished because we missed what God designed us to be and do are you a lamp are you a life that is lit albert sensi georgie said discovery consists of seeing what everybody has seen and thinking what nobody has thought and so it's not about seeing anything new it's about seeing everything different sometimes we think it's about discovering something new And so our efforts are spent seeking that out, often to no productive end. In reality, it's about seeing the same things entirely differently. It's about seeing the same old stuff and thinking about it in a completely new way. It's a fresh, even radical vision that opens up whole new vistas of understanding about the stuff that's always been around us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. God has things to show you that you've never seen, that you've never imagined, that you've never put together or thought of or deemed possible. And he has those things prepared for you if you're daring enough to see them. For in seeing them, we're compelled to believe in them. And in being compelled to believe in them, it's terribly hard to walk away from them. Do you want to see? Because unless you're a lamp that's lit, you can't see anything because everything's dark. Are you a lamp that's lit? Do you have eyes to see what being lit means and how that can transform you and everything around you? You are the light of the world. In closing, I want to take a moment and read a portion of a eulogy that a son wrote for his mother's funeral. This individual, this son, wrote this on a plane on the way to his mother's funeral on October 19th of 2007. And he read it at her funeral the next day on October 20th of 2007. You know, I think that we all want to leave a legacy, something that's really remembered Being a lamp that's lit changes people's lives and leaves a remarkable legacy. This woman left a legacy. And I want to share that with you through the eyes of her son. He wrote the following. Dear Mom, you left a legacy in our lives. A legacy that embodies integrity, honesty, and tenacity. A legacy that boldly, even brashly, believes that God always provides, always cares, always knows, and is an ever-present source from which every need will always be met. You helped us understand that life ebbs and flows, sometimes magically and sometimes cruelly. Life at times invites us to a grand dance, and at other times it seems to slam us to the dance floor, leaving us cringing and bleeding. Life pours into us and then draws out of us. The sun at times warms us, and then the hail pelts us. In whatever form it takes, you taught us that God always prevails, that there is always good, that it will always, always work out, and it always did. You left us with an understanding that life is more than some daily routine or the achievement of tasks either great or small. Life is about living well, living with respect, living in a manner that adds rather than detracts. It is not about pretending that things are well or being Pollyannish. You taught us that life is about understanding that things will not always be fair, nor will life necessarily be just. But in the hands of God, it will always present us with opportunities to learn about ourselves and to grow and to add something to those around us. Mom, you were about the stuff of building the lives of three boys and taking care of a husband who was at times a boy himself. It was never really about you. We tried to make it so many times, but you always declined. Rather, it was a selfless investment pouring your life, your energies, and the fiber of your being into three boys who really had no clue what you were doing until they themselves were adults. Even today, we aren't able to fully fathom your sacrifices. I doubt that we will ever understand them fully. We commit to you this day that we will strive to selflessly pour into the lives of others that which you so graciously poured into our lives. We know that any such efforts on our parts will pale indeed to the way in which you poured yourself into our lives. Know that we are committed to drawing from the innumerable footprints that you left, the lessons taught and lived, and the insights imparted. We will draw from the vast storehouse of memories packed tight with words, mental pictures, ceaseless emotions, and warm thoughts. And we will live that out, Mom, as we have for so many years. We will bring your life to our families, the people who populate our careers, and to those we meet in the briefest passing. You will live on, Mom, here as well as in the marbled halls of heaven. You will touch innumerable lives through your three boys, who you loved, Equipped, nurtured, guided, and guarded. Thanks, Mom. We love you more than simple words could hope to convey. God bless. See you soon. Love, your three boys. By the time this man's mom died, most of his mom's friends had already died as well, as had most of the family members So when they planned his mom's funeral, they didn't expect many people. Yet on the morning of October 20th, over 120 people showed up. People who he'd forgotten about, or figured had forgotten about him and his family. A 120 of these people filled the room. It was one of the most amazing things he had ever seen. His mom had lived her life as a lamp that was lit, And that left an incredible legacy. That legacy filled that room, and that legacy resonates yet today. Numerous other lives were lit because she was a lamp brilliantly lit. That's what God can do with a lamp that's lit. You see, that woman was my mom, and I was the son who wrote that eulogy at 34,000 feet on that airplane and I'm the guy that read it the next day at her funeral she was a lamp that was lit she illuminated my life and she showed me what it was to illuminate the lives of others she was lit and because she was I can't imagine not being lit Jesus said you are the light of the world do you want to be that? Simon Wheel wrote, The danger is that the soul should persuade itself that it is not hungry. It can only persuade itself of this by lying. Don't sit in this place and lie to yourself. Don't sit and be less than God's design for you. Don't sit here and choose not to be a lamp that's lit. One more thought. In his book, *Ragamuffin Gospel, Brendan Manning writes, Only love empowers the leap in trust, the courage to risk everything on Jesus, the readiness to move into the darkness guided only by a pillar of fire. You see, we can be a lamp that's lit because we have the light of Jesus that enshrouds us. We can be light only because he is light. And if he is light, why would we want to be anything else other than that are you a lamp that's lit someone wrote a flame begins with a single spark that knows nothing else and wants nothing other than to be a flame and that is my prayer for your heart Thank you for joining us for Life Talk. For further information or additional resources, please visit www.craiglpc.com.